Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. We're talking about podcasts. We're talking about itty bitty podcasts. A podcast. Very many Monday, Chunkies. I'm Carter. I'm Doge. Did y'all catch your <laughs> tail? Yeah, 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 I caught a little tail. Oh, for sure. Was it just like, <laughs> it was you just, tell I went high? It was just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chunkies, I mute myself when we're doing this because the timing could be off for us because carter ever- carter sings too good so it would distract me from being able to say my name next yeah, yeah. it's happened before did, did did we try not muting it or did y'all just always know what to do no we start? tried we tried i think we probably tried not muting it back at the in the, the halcyon days of early work from home realities when we all thought we'd be here for two weeks <laughs> look zoom is a great program and we're all really thankful for it and it's it's pretty real time but singing reveals the nasty bumps and ridges within <laughs> yes. the program. I have always, I've always said that about singing. <laughs> Before we uh, reveal our own nasty hey, did bumps you, and Wait, ridges. did you say your name ever, third boy? Yes. Yeah, you did. You did. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear it. Well, I pay attention when you talk, but it doesn't seem like you pay attention when I talk. Yeah, I'm just reading quotes from this episode, to be honest. Mm. One of my… Why was I saying an S word? One of my favorite don't say the seasons. S What's wrong with you? Don't say okay. the S cuss. We, we, we're not explicit. Uh, one of my favorite seasons of the movie business is award season. Sure. Mm. I think ever since I was a kid, I would be watching the Oscars because I thought it was so fun. I really not totally sure what my fascination with that was. I think I like measurables for certain things, especially in performance when art is a little bit more subjective. All that to say, off of that lesson there, uh, the awards for TV and movies, the big ones are starting to ramp up a little bit. And I just wanted to give a quick glance at, if you are like us and you like to go see some of these movies that are going to be Oscar-nominated movies, that are likely to be Oscar-nominated movies, 
or you're just looking for a good show to watch. I think a lot of the times if I'm looking at, for instance, today I'm going to talk about a few of the nominations for the Screen Actors Guild for the SAG Awards. Uh, and these are, the Screen Actors Guild are the actors that are in the Screen Actors Guild, which is basically everybody in Hollywood that's saying like, hey, these are our favorite performances. These are always good tools for me to go try some shows that I've maybe never heard of, maybe push me to actually watch some of these shows that all of my friends were already saying, you should watch this. Everyone in our Patreon Discord was like, hey, you should watch this show. Now it's getting, you know, five nominations. You're like, okay, I should do this. Especially for those what we usually call Angelica Film Center type movies. The, the kind of independent films that tend to be such Oscar films that every now and then we'll have those Patreon episodes on that movie of the year. You know, uh, I would say sure. last year's um, Nomadland. That's kind of like a, it's not a box office ball. You're not trying to get that movie. Right. For a box office ball. But anyways. It's it's a bit fartsy. It's a bit fartsy. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Sure. It's just a bit fartsy. It is. Um, the great thing about the Screen Actors Guild Awards is that you also have TV. So I'll do a little bit of that first. But some of these TV nominations, there's a lot of people in there for White Lotus. If, if you haven't watched that yet, it's weird, I would man. absolutely watch it. It's weird. There's <laughs> really Season two it. Uh, is in the works. They've got Aubrey Plaza on board for that. And so I'm Oh, really wow. Excited. I didn't know that. Yep. Um, we have Mayor of Easttown, no surprise there. We have uh, Succession, no surprise mm -hmm. there. Squid Game is getting nominations in the Screen Actors Guild. Which Still have deal. not watched. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. Very, neither of y'all have watched Squid Game. No. No. That's there, just, uh, there were other things, man. I don't like other Morning Show. Game. I mean, we're reading all these other things, right? Ted Lasso, Morning Show, mm -hmm. Only Murders in the Building. That's next Hacks, on my list. The Chair. Uh, something that I hadn't heard of, but it's getting a handful of nominations, is... Scenes from a marriage, which sounds, if it's anything like marriage story, it's probably depressing when really realistic. Yeah. Um, then we have, there was one more that I wanted to say. Isn't, isn't uh, Book of Boba Fett nominated for a no, lot no, of awards because we'll it's that. so good? I don't know if it will be, to be honest. Oh, The Great and then The Kaminsky Method. Anyways, the movies that are standing out right now are currently Power of the Dog, mm -hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, quite a cast there. Um, I guess I have to see that because Benedict <laughs> was my first actor pick for Box Office Ball Season 2. I do have Benedict on my team. <clears throat> yes. Probably. <laughs> Belfast, West Side Story. I saw West Side Story Ooh. Uh, a couple days ago. How is it? It's so good. It's so so. I've heard so, great so, things so about good. it. Yeah. I know that I know there's some some apparent sketchiness with Ansel Elgort. I haven't read about any of it. I don't know the details, but I know that he's in hot water right now, and that has been know. hurting. Yeah, he he apparently was. Uh, I don't know if it's Army Hammer esque or if it's more serious. I'm not sure, mm -hmm. um, but I know that he is in some hot water, and I think has put Baby Driver two at risk. Oh, oh no, no. Ansel. Yeah. Yeah. Baby, B A B Y. Uh huh. Dang it's unfortunate. It. Um, King you guys Richard saw that. You guys saw that Army Hammer didn't get a new character poster for Death on the Nile, right? I wouldn't think so. They released mm -hmm. all the character posters, and they're like, "We probably, probably not gonna make one. Probably skip that one. Probably gonna not gonna make one, one of of the people eater himself. He wasn't the, even <laughs> in the trailer that I saw. The not two eyed, no horned, grounded human people eater." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Nightmare Alley, Tick, Tick, Boom, Belfast. Okay, now Tick, Tick, Boom, me did see. I heard it was good. Love, it was very good, good, very much. I can't believe y'all haven't watched that. 
That movie is awesome. That might happen this weekend too. But all that to say, it's starting to get to be award season. I think it's early March this year for the Oscars. But if you're looking for, uh, and here's the thing, guys. Early half March. Of, wow. Half of what I mentioned for those movies are streaming. And that's just yeah. kind of where we are now is great movie releases and these that tend to not make as much in theaters are kind of the easiest ones to say, let's just put it on a streaming platform. Yeah. Because then HBO Max gets to say Oscar nominated film section, which you know, the massive yeah. thumbnails, we've all seen that before. So um, just and be on the lookout for that stuff. We will do. I mean, we this has been sort of an unspoken tradition every year, but we will do a Patreon episode about whatever movie wins best mm-hmm. picture. And so if, you're, if you love awards and you want to hear us talk about uh, probably Green Book again. I heard they're going to just nominate Green Book for a second time every year. It just gets people, you know best what? Picture though, award. It was. It makes sense that it was best picture because people still talk about that movie. You know, yeah. it's hard to talk about any. I'll other never good forget. Movie right now. I will never forget that that won best picture. So they probably deserved <laughs> it. You're right. Um, something that might not win any awards. <laughs> Let's talk about episode three of the Book of Boba Fett. I, I want- am. Out on this show. I'm done. You can't be, though. I've you lost all of you. are legally obligated. We're I gonna, understand. We're keep I'm saying about that it. if I didn't have a podcast, that last episode would have been the last episode of Book of Boba Fett that I ever watched. Yeah. What gives, and, and this is interesting because I want us to talk about some of these moments that were, I'll, tell, I'll say, though, in a Catwoman kind of way, this is the most excited I've been to talk about an episode <laughs> of the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> But what do you think? So it's kind of funny. It's kind of, it feels meta to me because the thing that made Boba Fett get on anyone's map to ultimately be a character that we gave some substance to was one of the worst things that Star Wars ever did, which was that holiday special. He shows up as a cartoon, right? And now we, are we, that, you don't need to go back to your roots though. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. Some of the things that were happening in episode three were pretty ridiculous. Um, and I was disappointed. I was like, because there is something fantastical about Star Wars, but there's rules, right? Are they, There's kind of these rules that feel unwritten of like this still Natasha feels like a Star true. Wars vibe. Yeah. All of a sudden, even though there's a lot of the hands that were on the Mandalorian on this show, it feels completely different. It's the biker I game can't for me. Feel the, it's a lot of things for me. Yeah, the street youths are certainly part of it. The biker gang... That's like Wait, 80s. Go ahead. Sorry. Do you mean, no, well, I'm just clarifying. There's two, I guess, biker gangs here. There's the Vespa Street Youths. And then there's yeah. the, the, was it the Pike Syndicate have their like Harley <laughs> speeders? I quite, I quite like the Pike Syndicate. Okay. I think the Pike Syndicate stuff is so good. So you mean the Vespa riding? Uh, I mean the uh, 80s punks. Yeah, right. The cyberpunk 80s punks. That yeah, sucks. Right. That's not Star it's, Wars at all. You know what's, you know what's so interesting to me though? And I feel sorry for the people that had the idea for these bikes because it feels like the culture of Star Wars, like in movies and and shows, has been like this massive risk. There's always a couple of these moments, like a visual or a ship or an alien, like a character that you watch documentaries about and later they're like, well, he hated it. George hated it. George didn't want to, you know, like all these different things that we didn't want to do. And they're like, but how could you not, right? Like, so we have... The, the can't miss of Baby Yoda. And then we have 
the Vespa street youths, right? Someone, yeah, yeah. Did someone just get too high on their own stuff? And I think like, it's Robert Rodriguez trying to channel his passion for Spy Kids 3D. Correct. Bringing these kids back. This, Correct. That is like so. The thing about Star Wars is that in space, it's still 1977. At this point, it's still 1977 to 1983. So this culture that Star Wars is attempting to parody here did not exist yet. And I understand that is super flimsy. That that, But part of the thing that makes these, these shows set around this era in galactic history feel like they all go together is that we're pulling from very <laughs> specific... Like all the dudes have long sideburns and these weird woolly 70s mustaches, right? Like it's just, it's something about it is just still kind yeah. of the retro futurism of the 70s. And we, when we pull in the like 80s glam android punk stuff here with these Vespa kids. It's so interesting. It's bad. And that's probably a super dump for the show for me. I, I know we wait till the end and I've said a couple of things that could be super dumps for the show, but like, these kids, the need to reinvent, like there already exists within Star Wars a, a biker culture. There's swoop bikes, which are essentially unregulated speeder bikes, like the speeders that Luke and Leia ride on indoor, uh, unregulated, so they don't have a regulator. So it means they can go as fast as possible, usually described as just an engine with a seat. Those are illegal to race on most planets. There's underground rings of racing swoop bikes, like we didn't need to invent very slow space Vespas for these kids to ride. Yeah, that was it the was, slowest speed car chase. Oh my it was, gosh. The car chase itself was also bad. It was like, very yes. bad. It was like a, I don't know, it was like a kids movie? It was yes. like a decom yes. car race? Oh yes. man. I, I felt like it was like when, when they had the think tank together and they were like, what should we do? It's like, I don't know. I'm kind of tired of all the browns and everything. It's kind of sandy. And they're like, ah. oh, like from Greece, Sandy? And they're like, yeah, I love the race that they do at the end. Oh, the Grease Lightning number? Yeah, in the retro diner. Let's just oh do God. that. What if we just do that? We don't have any idea for the bikes yet. That is because so I funny. definitely felt like I was going to see yeah. Olivia Newton-John in and it was, all black leather cheering them on. It was 80s like, android cyberpunks no, riding no, 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 50s no, no, inspired. No, 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 no. It was so strange. Right. So, so I strange. think that Robert Rodriguez has a real problem directing action. Robert Rodriguez directed the first episode of The Book of Boba Fett, which is one of my least favorite, little over, one of my least favorite chubby half hours of Star <laughs> Wars content. He directed this episode, which I think was quite bad. And then he also directed uh, the chapter 14 of The Mandalorian, The Tragedy, which is where Mando and Grogu go to the ancient Jedi site and uh, yeah. it's where Boba's reintroduced and that's the one that looks like they just went out in his backyard and shot it with an old DV video camera. I just think he has a real problem with action on particularly, I don't know if it's directing inside the volume, the big set that they've built with the like LED walls, just something about it. He, he cannot seem to make anything compelling. Yeah, it's like saying he's not good at what he's known for doing. Because when right. you think Rodriguez, you think like action. It's going yeah. to be action. And what you but don't I also think, action, think of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. So, which is an action movie. Yeah. Sure. And it's really good too. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. But yeah, it's funny to have him and then to have Taika, who also has directed, you know, some of, I think, some of the better action pieces in The Mandalorian. He, he yeah. did a couple of the first episodes. And, the, the new Thor movies. And it's just like, this guy's 
also the Jojo Rabbit dude. So like, what do you? Yeah, he's flexing on something <clears throat> that you're supposed to be known for. <laughs> sure, it was it was pretty bad, and that we see the action fall in a lot of opportunities. I know we all loved our Maximus Decimus Mawukius that was oh, introduced. Yeah. Chrysanthemum. Dude, that fight scene was horrible. Yeah, that was a huge bummer. Horrible. It was like, I've seen better <laughs> stuff in WWF, right? Right. Yeah. You can turn on Monday Night Raw and it's much, much better yeah. than what we had that here. That fight scene made Falcon and the Winter Soldier look like John Wick. This, this to me, like, this feels like about 40 minutes of show that's being stretched over six episodes that are of varying lengths. But, like, the script here for The Book of Boba Fett is so bad. I want to see yeah. how, how many times in the script there is a note that says, Boba and crew return to Mayor's house. Boba and crew return to headquarters. Boba wait, and crew wait, wait, return hang on. to Mayor's Do you house. Mean- do you mean Mayor McCheese? Right. <laughs> Mayor Mock Mayor Mokshaiz. That's supposed to sound like Mayor McCheese, right? Is it? That's funny if it is. Is it supposed to? I mean, it's not no, actual well, funny. I would doubt it's if you to. accidentally made space Mayor McCheese, then I think we should take your Star Wars <laughs> Mayor, keys away from you. Mayor Mokshaiz. Here's what yeah, I'm that's pretty about. good. I didn't put that Mayor, together. Mayor Mokshaiz. Anyway, it's just even the flashbacks are like. Bobo runs back to Sand People to Tuscan yeah. Raider camp. Bobo runs to New Place. Bobo runs back to Tuscan yeah. Raider camp. Bobo runs to New Place. Do you guys like, have a do you guys have a an era you prefer? Do you prefer the present or the sandy past? Sand Boba? people. Sand people past is so much more interesting to me. Close. But that that's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Cause uh Anakin came through early yeah. and just said, I'm done. I guess so. I'm mean, all the women and the children. There was a like, part of my brain that I was like, oh my God, it was what Anakin did. And I was like, oh, wait, no, it's way <laughs> after. Cannot, my way God, after. that was like 50 yeah. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, so one of my fears was, and I don't think it's going to happen. I think the character uh, of Boba Fett in Star Wars culture, I don't think can be ruined by a bad season of a show. I think, uh, I don't know. I think still the will of the Star Wars people will focus on the things that they liked more. We've seen people do that in the trilogies. It's like, well, at least we have the originals. You know, at least we have New Hope, Return of the Jedi. Right. But I think something that I'm afraid of is… I think since about 1999, Star Wars fans have been used to just ignoring the parts they don't like. I yes. think, yes, a, I agree. I think we got the Mandalorian and we were like, yeah, Star Wars is back, baby. Star Wars lives on TV now. That's where the good Star Wars is going to happen. I think the Mandalorian's good. Yeah. I think that the Star Wars universe is absolutely filled to the brim with opportunities to be really bad. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And Mando got not lucky. I think that they had a skilled and deft hand on the at the wheel and that... Nobody actually knows what to do with Star Wars right now. Yeah, I would say that. One thing that I'm hoping doesn't happen in this season is, and I, I don't want to spoil Mandalorian, and I'm going to try and be pretty vague about it, but part of Mandalorian— It would be pretty wild to watch Boba Fett and have not watched Mandalorian. I know. Part of Mandalorian, especially with the most recent season, the end there is like bringing back an OG. Like bringing back somebody and be like, oh my God, how cool is that, that they're right. back? I don't, yeah. I really hope, but I'm afraid they might try and do that here. Um, and it's not like, like, I'm not talking like Jabba, because we hear all about Jabba the Hutt. 
Jabba dead. Jabba he's dead. gone. But I'm saying like what we have now in terms of references to the older stuff, right? To the stuff from the original trilogy. Like I yeah. hope they don't CGI anyone Like huge. a young Harrison Ford or something. Yeah, right. please don't. Like yeah. Because at this point, it's going to look really bad because you're this already, putting it in the middle of something that's Yeah, blue. I mean, this is already just like, this feels like it would be something that was better suited to. Here's a 40-minute bonus on the Mandalorian season two DVD. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's how this Boba is, got his groove back, essentially. It's how, and it's none of the present <laughs> stuff. It is just, here's how Boba got his armor. Here's how he ex- escaped the Sarlacc and how he got his armor. But no, instead, if we, you cut some stuff up, it cut some stuff out. I would be interested in a story. What it seems like is happening here is that Boba is going to learn to be a crime boss, but with morals is what it seems like is what he's doing. But see, that's so dumb. We don't have a reason to want Boba like the script knows that Boba Fett is this cool pop culture character that people have been obsessed with since 1980 when he appeared in the Empire Strikes Back. And so that's the only justification we have for wanting him to be a cool crime boss. Boba has done nothing in this show to demonstrate why we want, like we didn't see what Tatooine was like under the rule of other people. Right. That's we what have, I'm saying. There's it, no compelling reason for Boba to be in charge concept. of Tatooine. If we give us a reason to care about it. Yeah, I just think the script right. is really bad. Yes, it Recency is. Recency bias for me with The Mandalorian is, uh, and I have to make sure, I, I don't know, I could wake up tomorrow morning and feel differently. But <clears throat> when in, in the Star Wars universe, in the movies, when it's finally revealed what Boba Fett looks like, it feels like seeing Mando for the first time carried far more weight and was more of a like narrative, like, whoa moment than seeing seeing Boba like back in the day like seeing like oh this is what he is oh he's the clones and I'm I think I would I want his helmet you're talking about like in 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 episode two when we first found out that Boba was an unaltered clone what are you talking about specifically yes I'm talking about like so all we have ever known like when we first knew about Boba Fett was that he was just one of these characters Vader like right we don't know what his features are he's a stormtrooper Star Wars does it a lot and then there's the Star Wars kind of brings about this thing in in like pop culture movies of like a reveal of what this person looks like. I'm sure there's something yeah. that happened. I don't know, Man in the Iron Mask or Shakespeare that I'm missing, but like that feels like a culturally like in movies like a big moment. And to me, I'm just I keep doing this thing where I'm comparing Mando to Boba, yeah, to where so much of Mando was like, look at what they're able to do without showing us this person's face. Because we didn't see him at all until the se- season one finale, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we because saw of Pedro like Pascal's face. Because of a near-death experience. Yeah. Yeah. And barely, but then it goes right back on and please stop looking at my face. I yeah. know Boba is counterculture to Mandalorian culture, right? So he doesn't care anymore. Well, Mando is counter. Mando is part of like a super, super strict little sect. Oh, He's that's like right. Extremely, because yeah. we saw a lot of her in Mando. Yeah. Exactly. So, all that to say, I, I just find all these things that make me wish Mando was back. Because I think, yep. yeah, I think they're doing a. I think the actor, please remind me, Boba Fett, Tamara Morrison, Tamara Morrison, is great. I really like yeah. Tamara Morrison, but I wish, I wish it was just. Bo- it's not Boba Fett. If it's no. all we're seeing <laughs> is. To Mayor Morrison. Does that make sense? He is yeah. being written poorly and against his own strengths, I believe. Yeah. I think yeah. to be Boba, he is fantastic. I think whatever they're trying to turn Boba into, he is not suited for. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm very, very disappointed with the book of Boba Fett. 
I in a so. way that Completely. I in a way that I by the way fully expected to be. Really? Mm. Yes. I have I have grown to completely mistrust the name Star Wars of any <laughs> if it is new Star Wars content it is guilty until proven innocent in my brain. I feel like since Mando it's been pretty enjoyable though. Like I I loved Mando, I loved the newest season of Clone Wars. I, I really enjoyed Bad Batch. Yeah, and Clone Clone Wars and all that stuff feels like it gets a pass because that's a pre-existing thing that we already knew was good. Sure. Bad Batch wasn't though. And right. I think Bad Batch turned out good. But Bad Batch hatched from Clone Bad Batch. Yeah, Bad Batch hatched. Bad Batch hatched from uh, Bad Batch hatched. Uh, Close Wars. We but loved it. We were rhyming boys. My we? point is I am to a point in my life where when I see a new Star Wars um property is coming out, I do not get excited. I get sick and nervous. And I go, I know this is going to probably be bad. So does this have you worried about things like Kenobi and things like Ahsoka? Yes, of course. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, it does. Interesting. I, th- I think that there is not only every chance, but a great chance that they beef it. Yeah. Makes me sad. I know. Yeah. But I mean, just tr- I'm just saying track record. I don't want that. And I'm not trying to, you know, I hate being the guy that's like, well, let me let me phrase that. Na- I'm very naturally the guy that's like, that's going to suck. I hate out loud being the guy. <laughs> I hate people knowing you're that guy. I hate dragging other people <laughs> into that spirit with me. Told you. Um, right. But yeah, I man, I'm just telling you. There, so I what think is there it? is every chance that a year from now we're sitting there going, they had it, they had everything. So why do we? Why is it? I mean, we have a whole Star Wars series mm-hmm. in which I am very vocally anti Disney Star Wars because I just don't think they're very good. Uh, the films, sure. What is it about Star Wars though that that gives that that lends that sort of propensity to creators to? completely beef it because it has not known what it was since the original trilogy and maybe the prequel trilogy. And so since then the door is too wide open and there is nobody really driving a ship in any direction. So it's just tell a story in this universe, but that universe doesn't have enough bumpers to keep the ball from going in the gutter. My hope would be the next two or three years of making star Wars content with Disney is kind of a, uh, like a reset? job interview. Oh, okay. It's kind of like who's doing it well, uh, Rob. I'm sorry, man. No more. Yeah. Um, but how could they got not a series? Doesn't he? Doesn't Taika have movies that he's supposed to be? So it's like so they was, they've that's essentially been for a long time. Well, they've essentially kind of indefinitely tabled all the movies that were coming out. Even mm. oh, Patty really? Jenkins' Rogue Squadron movies sort of just tabled. They're really oh. only focusing on TV right now. Star Wars tends to do this thing, I think, because of how old, like how long it's last. I think each generation gets to own something, right? Uh, some part of Star Wars because they were the ones in that sweet spot that got to see it for the sure. first time. We, we talk about that all the time. When you're eight. Yeah. Star Wars is perfect when you're eight. It's like why why yeah. I am a, such a big fan of The Phantom Menace. I can't change that. That's why I see that poster hanging on the wall behind you. Yeah. Exactly. It's weird right? that you chose so, to frame it, but whatever. I think we go, we go through all these he things. He kisses it stuff. before he starts every podcast. Yeah, I can episode. see, the, really I can see the lip marks all over it. That's gross, man. A lot of that stuff is attached to specific characters. Sometimes we have mascots. For that time. Sure. I think one of the things that gave Star Wars life and gave uh, the motorized kitchen aids of street youth's life is <laughs> two or three years ago, we got Baby Yoda. Two yeah. words. Baby Grogu came to the world. Yeah. And, and like gave steroids to taking your shot in the Star yeah. Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Why not? And 
there's not a I, we're not going to see in the making of Boba Fett <laughs> people being like, well, that's why we never tweeted about the uh, street youth Vespas because we knew like if this was going <laughs> to exactly. be the next big merch thing. You know, there's not going to be a Disney a, being like, please a gallery do not let episode. Know about him. The thing yeah, about but, Mando is that the vibe is right, and so yeah, it could pull Western. off Grogu. Right, that's what I'm saying. Because as soon as that shell opened in episode one of Mando. I was like, he has to protect this thing with his life or else I'll yeah. come down there and I'll beat him up. But see, that's a that's a kind of, that's a story hook. That's right. like a primal, like, I, that's a great hook at the end of that episode. And Boba Fett has yet to have any kind of hook. Yeah. They're trying, well, un unless they did and we missed it. Unless they're trying Baby Rancor with Danny Space, Trejo to Space be. Space Machete is pretty cool. I'm going to say this. He belongs. He belongs there. And I love the idea of a rancor pet. So, so yeah, that's I'll the, say like, that. If if the season, if we don't fire Chekhov's rancor and Boba does not ride this rancor into battle by the end he's of the season. He's going to ride it. He's he has to, to ride, ride it. it. He's going to. He has to ride it. Robert Rodriguez also is confirmed as the director of a movie coming out called Machete in Space. So I'm wondering Very if it's good. this. I'm wondering if it's the same character. If he's just going to spin off. Trejo's Rancor. That's so good. Guys, I want to to kind of get a little bit of this bad taste out of our mouths. Can we play a game really quick? Depends. It's not the game that you think it is. I okay. promise. Okay. That one okay. will okay. come, okay. but it's going to be far more special than the end of episode three of Boba Fett. <laughs> Let's play a little bit of the Rumpelstiltskin gang, shall we? <gasps> Excellent. Let's weave the yarn. Uh, as we are, box office ball is the talk of our Discord channel right now because yep. there's a handful of us that are in the draft for season two. And so one of the great things that I like about box office ball that seems to be a carbon copy of when I play fantasy sports is all of a sudden you know a lot more ahead of time about what to expect and are invested in some things you might not have been invested in before, right? So we're seeing all these movies that were like, you know what, I didn't think I would see that, but I'm going to go ahead and give this a shot because I hope this girl gets credited for being a soup kitchen worker, right? Like all these different things that randomly happen. You can't, keep saying, that we get to you can't see. keep saying stuff about it. I'm Cash still members. salty about it. <laughs> but some of the things that don't show up are some of the kind of movies that end up on Rumpelstiltskin. Mm -hmm. In the midst of all of this, people are still making movies that come to theaters or streaming that I don't know how many people will watch. If you looked at Box Office Ball Season 1, there were a couple movies that only made about $50,000 in a season of movies that were making $1.5 so I laugh at exist. I laugh at fifty thousand dollars, but if I had fifty thousand dollars, I'd be right. laughing for a different reason. If y'all haven't heard of Rumpelstiltskin, not these two. Oh, I'll always also do a refresher for Jordan and Doge. <laughs> if you haven't heard of Rumpelstiltskin, thanks. What we do is, I'm going to read the movie info of some releases that are coming out soon that I'm assuming none of us have heard of, and then these boys have to guess the title of that movie. We start with a movie that's going to be released on January 21st. It's rated R, and it's an hour and 33 minutes. I long. cannot watch that. Mystery thriller horror <laughs> directed by Marro Borelli, Ooh. 1945. And this is going to be a long one, so bring out your blankets. I couldn't think of what to yeah. answer. Cool. Uh, a U.S. military cargo plane loses control and violently crashes behind enemy lines in the middle of the German Black Forest. Immediately... Ruthless Major Johnson, played by Mickey Rourke, uh, of course, sends a squad of his bravest soldiers on a rescue mission to retrieve the top secret material the plane was carrying, led by Sergeant Brewer, played by Robert Nepper, and Walsh, 
played by Jackson Rathbone, the soldiers venture deep into the forest near the crash site. They soon discover Hang... I was in the pronunciation. It just hanged. (laughs) Hanged Nazi soldiers and other dead bodies bearing ancient magical symbols. Cool. Suddenly, their compasses fail, their perceptions twist, and straying from the group leads to profound horror as they're attacked by a powerful supernatural force. Fighting for their sanity and struggling to survive, they must uncover the shocking truth behind the force before the Nazis and do everything they can to remove all evidence that ever existed, even at the cost of their own lives. Cool. What's the name of this movie? If you want to watch it, it'll release on Voodoo. I love this. I can hear the wheels turning. What we got, boys? Uh, this movie... This movie will be called Dusseldark 30. I was just going to go with the Blair Witch Project originally. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a couple. Can y'all see that? Oh, cool. That's Rourke's character. Here is what seems to be like a witch or an elf of some kind, a Rumpelstiltskin. Excellent. Rumpelstiltskin might be in this movie. <clears throat> Doge? Um... Um, um, I don't know. I'm thinking. Hang on. I'm thinking really hard. I can tell. Uh, this movie is called Der Fury Tale. Oh, nice. <laughs> this movie is worse than what y'all had. This movie is called War Hunt. Ew. That sucks. Isn't that bad? That's it feels a like bummer. a mad word. It feels like an auto-generated name. War That's Hunt? lazy. War Hunt. That's such a bummer. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I've got another one for us. Yes. This one comes out the same day. It's rated Uh PG. It's a family flick. It's an hour and 42 minutes long. This one stars Dennis Quaid and Queen Latifah. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Now that's a name I've not heard. Everybody's favorite duo. You had bubble throat a little bit when you were saying that. Queen Latifah and Dennis Quaid star in this beloved tale based on the New York Times best-selling book by Kate. Di Camillo. When 12-year-old Rob Horton, played by Christian Convery, discovers a caged tiger in the woods near his home, his imagination runs wild and life begins to change in the most unexpected ways. With the help of a wise and mysterious maid, Willie May, Queen Latifah's <laughs> character, Willie May, Ugh. and the stubborn new girl in school, played by Madeline Mills, he navigates through childhood memories, heartache, and wondrous adventures in this heartwarming adaptation. The name of this film. I think it's called Tiger. I was going to make a Calvin and Hobbes joke. Um, no, it's not Calvin and Hobbes because Bill Watterson is very protective of his IP and he won't license it out to anybody. I mean, that's probably smart. Well, yeah, but think about all the money he could make from all the Calvin Tinkle stickers that are on people's cars. I think he's probably got all the money, the Calvin and Hobbes money he needs for now is my guess. Um, all that pissing on other brands of cars and flipping you off stuff, you know? Love that. Love, love, love that. Love that little, that little scamp with all, his, with, Calvin, all his, with all his pee that he keeps stored in his body to give to the brands he hates. I love when Calvin gets his, his mischievous chocolate mixed up with that South Park peanut butter and just really makes a Reese's of, of, of terror. <laughs> we have the guess of Tiger mm-hmm. from Doge. Ooh, I'm going to go with Uncaged. Ooh. It is called The Tiger Rising. Yeah. The Tiger Rising, which we'll just have to give 
Sure. <clears throat> I guess the Doge on that one. I've got one more. That bestseller, really that New York Times bestseller we all know and love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got an uh, Alicia Silverstone movie for you guys. January 28th release about sharks. There's terror in paradise when Jalen, Alicia Silverstone, and Kyle, played by James Tupper, arrive at a remote seaside villa in Vietnam for a romantic getaway. A torrential storm descends, reducing the villa to little more than a raft <laughs> and sweeping the young couple out to sea. Suddenly, another danger appears. A school of great white sharks. With her injured husband watching helplessly, Jalen must battle the deadly predators alone in this tense thriller that rides an unrelenting wave of fear. This movie is called Raft. I'm real into my single word titles today. I'm just, I, I need to go get another cup of coffee, so I'm... <laughs> He's like, I'm just, I'm throwing, I'm throwing a name out so I can go get another cup of coffee when this episode ends. This movie called Chomp, Chompers. <laughs> Chomp. With a Z. Chompers. The movie is called The Requiem, which is just like, what? it's French I for shark. Who knows? But they're in Vietnam. The queen? There's a lot of the. Ilequine? There's a lot of <coughs> our content today that doesn't make the sense. The shark will, the Requine. shark will bite onto Elijah Silverstone. The requin. The requin. To end today's episode. To end today's episode, I'd love your name. <laughs> and give me a vehicle that that would have made the street youths a little bit more respectable okay. to be riding in this chase scene in Boba Fett episode. Oh, but it's three. so hard because they had such cool ones. They did have such cool ones. I'm Carter, and I'm saying just give me the Star Wars version of Heelys. I'm not even kidding you. I was about to say Heelys. Too late. You don't get to because I did. Because it's perfect. If they want to lean into wait, wouldn't that be like the rocket, the rocket boots that Channing Tatum wears in Jupiter Ascending? That's mm. basically space Heelys, right? Kind of, yeah. But it would be different. I'm Doge. Uh, give me Harry Osborne's Green Goblin snowboard from Spider-Man Three. <laughs> That's pretty dope. I'm so I'm so bummed by their presence and their whole vibe that it's not even fun to joke about them. <laughs> Uh, that's because you haven't heard mine yet. I'm Jordan, and the answer is segways. Oh. Bunch of mall cops. That's about how fast they were going. Speaking of segways, our episode's over. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.